This is What School Didn't Teach Me, a podcast meant to build community on all the things school doesn't prepare you for. Hi, I'm your host, Jasmine Piamber, and class is in session. Y'all, I really love this bell. I just don't see us getting rid of the bell anytime soon. Hello, classmates. Welcome back to the classroom. Welcome back to season two of episode two. What? Season two, episode two of What School Didn't Teach Me. I'm your host, Jasmine Camber, and I'm so excited to have you back in the classroom. Hello. Nice to see you again. So happy you're here. Um, no matter where you're listening from, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, hi. I already said it, but I'm glad you're here. I don't know, y'all. For whatever reason, I feel nervous about today's episode. I feel like, oh my gosh, do I even still know how to do this? Do I know how to keep this going for 30 minutes? But, you know, we ball. And I'm here to show up in the classroom. Amen. So this week, we're going to be talking about what fills my cup. If you listened to last week's episode, which was the introduction to season two, what's going to be different, um, what our updates are. I mentioned it at the very end that, you know, this week we're going to be talking about what fills my cup. So I have a list. Y'all know I keep a list on me about the things that fill my cup. And yeah, some things are new. Some things aren't new. And you're just about to hear about it. But before we even get into that, I want to address my camera real quick. So as we know, What's Good to Teach Me is now an audio-visual podcast. And if you didn't know that, then you need to, one, you need to go back and watch episode one. But watch it on YouTube, because now you can see me. And one day, I'll be able to see y'all, but for now, you can see me. Um... And so What School Didn't Teach Me is an audiovisual podcast now, which means that I now have a camera that I'm working with, which means I need to learn how to do all these beautiful things like lighting and audio work and camera work, making sure the camera's focused, making sure I'm always looking at the camera, making sure I'm not moving my hands too much. And last week, I recorded, and I thought everything was great hunky dory and then I went back and watched the recording and I realized it's dark in here like I have lighting but the lighting isn't as bright as I really wanted it to be so I turned the brightness up but I'm hoping it's not too warm and I'm hoping that it's perfect but if it's not just bear with me because it's a little trial and error just act like you don't see it you know act like this is the best quality you've ever seen in your life okay so As we know, between season one and season two, you know, we had a three-month break. We Our last episode of season one was in May, so June, July, August, now it's September, and we back. And so, of course, in this time, you cannot go through this life without learning new things about yourself, learning new things that you like about yourself, learning new things that you like about your surroundings, and... I have recently changed surroundings. So I used to be in New Orleans. Now I'm back in Los Angeles. And there are some things that I liked to do that filled my cup in the past that I can't do in the same capacity or I can't do in the same way. But also, this is a completely different setting. Like I grew up in L.A., you know, so it's not like I'm new to L.A., 
but I'm still new to exploring the city as a young adult, realizing that I can move on my own time and I can like, you know, I can do whatever I feel like doing. So I've been kind of exploring my city or exploring my interest based on what I actually want to do versus what is just close to me. If that makes sense, I hope I'm making sense. And before I go any deeper into the things that fill my cup, I feel like I should reinforce why this conversation is important in the first place. So the the point is not for me to just tell y'all what I'm interested in and for y'all to just hear about me, but I want to encourage y'all to, you know, go outside of your house, you know, go outside of your house and find things that you like to do, but maybe even stay in your house and find things that you like to do. You know, like there are some people who don't like to go outside that much. Uh, some people call them introverts. I don't know if introverts are the only people that don't like to go outside. But I know there are people who don't like to go outside that much. There are things you can do at home that kind of ease your mental health when you're stressed, that kind of bring you down when you feel overwhelmed, that recenter you when life is just happening. Like there are certain things that you can do that just feel that just make life stop my mom always says life is gonna keep going and you have to stop you have to stop you got to take time for yourself you have to take your mental health back you have to de-stress yourself you know and so I want to encourage you all to find things that you enjoy to kind of bring you back to center okay I felt like I should address that because this whole conversation could seem pointless or me giving you the list of the things that I like to do could seem pointless if you don't understand why you should even be looking for things that you like to do. And maybe some of the things on my list could inspire you to find your own things or you could try some of the things on my list and see how you like them. So I want to hop right into the list. Number one is a new the first one is being near water, which isn't new. I've mentioned this. I've mentioned I've mentioned this in the past. I can't remember what episode, but I want to say it was either the last episode or the one before that where I mentioned that, you know, when I feel a little tense, when I feel a little bored, a little lonely, a little isolated, I just go near the water. I go near the water and I do some work or I read or I just or I journal, you know, I do a little introspection um, and that really hasn't changed for me. Lucky for me. Los Angeles has an ample amount of beaches and I used to work near beach, you know, for my summer job, I worked literally right up the street from the beach to the point where I would park my car in the job's parking lot, walk up the street to the beach, do a little journaling, do a little thinking, do a little walking, you know, and just watch the people who kind of surrounded the beach, buy a couple fish tacos because... That beach had the best fish tacos. And I would go to work. That was my routine. I found or I find comfort in being near the water. Honestly, I attribute that to being a water sign. I just believe that, you know, because I'm a water sign, I must love the water. But I honestly love elements, like all elements, maybe except for wind unless it's really hot. So yeah, being near water, that's not a new one. Um, I've always loved being near water and now I've just found new and different ways to surround myself with the water. So instead of, I can't just 
or I can't always just drive up to the beach or drive up to the lake like I used to be able to. You know, when I was at school, I could just drive up to the lake, park in, you know, park my car and sit and do what I whatever I need to. Now I feel more obligated to, you know, if I'm going to park when I got to pay for parking. But if I'm going to be there, you know, I come, I park my car and I feel obligated to get out. Because, you know, I'm here at the beach. And so now I find different things to do at the beach. You know, if I'm going to the beach, I might go with a friend. I might, that might be my first option. You know, we want to get together. Let's go to the beach because I enjoy being by the water. I know that's something that I'm going to enjoy doing. So whether we're playing cards, whether we're taking the time to, you know, have conversation, whether we're eating by the water, I find comfort in being near the water. So, yeah, that was my first one, being near water. That's something that hasn't changed for me. That's something that I liked when I was little. I didn't always like to swim, but now now I, I, didn't, I couldn't always swim. I learned how to swim when I was maybe 14, 15, and I hate the stereotype that black people can't swim. I hate the stereotype that black people can't swim because at the moment, for a lot of people, it's true. But it's only true because we don't take the time to, like, teach our kids how to swim or, like, put them in swimming lessons. And I took it upon myself to learn how to swim. So there's that. So I love being near water. That's something that's not new for me. Another thing that I feel like really fills my cup is watching sermons. Not only watching sermons, but listening to Christian-based podcasts. So 30 Minutes with the Perrys. I actually was just listening to them before I started recording. The Basement with Tim Ross. Y'all know, y'all know that this is a Tim Ross fan club. If I don't do nothing else, I'm gonna talk about Tim Ross. I talk about Tim Ross almost every day. Like my mom is tired of hearing about him. My best friend is tired of hearing about him. Like the what school didn't teach me just loves the basement you know what I mean it I mean he's just he's an encouraging Tim Ross is an encouraging man he really empowers me and I feel like when I watch things that talk about you know maybe some doubts that I have or some things that I'm going through or maybe affirming some things that I need to be reaffirmed in or I want to feel more confident in like creativity like my faith in God topics like that I feel like those podcasts in particular really help they talk about it all I love when you get to ask people of faith intimate questions or they get to have candid conversations which I guess it's not candid because there's a camera in front of them and they know they're doing a podcast but they get to have candid conversation, you know, in a way that they wouldn't be able to if they were in the pulpit. You know what I mean? So I love to watch sermons and I love to listen to faith-based podcasts. And it doesn't just have to be a faith-based podcast. It could be a podcast in general, but that's just what I find myself listening to lately. Lately, I've been listening to the Just Different podcast. I've watched the Journey podcast a couple of times. Um... 30 Minutes with the Perrys, which sometimes turns into 45 minutes to an hour with the Perrys, and then The Basement by Tim Ross. So if you're looking for some podcasts, those are some that I really enjoy. And then as for sermons, it's kind of the same thing. I like to watch sermons that affirm something that I'm going through, that fill my cup in maybe a topic that I've been questioning. Like I will search up a sermon based on what I feel in doubt in 
or in lack in or what I feel like I need to fill my cup on. And nine times out of ten, I can just I'll find one from a pastor that I've already watched. But then it's always a blessing to find a new pastor that I like. I'll be honest. I am not. I can't listen to everybody's sermon. I don't know what it is, but I've been like that since I was little. Not everybody catches my attention. I can't listen to everybody's sermon. I just can't do it. But I would like to tell y'all some of the preachers that I really do like that I've been listening to lately. So at the beginning of my faith journey, I listened to Michael Todd a lot. I watched Here's Holy for Transformation Church, um, Relationship Goals, of course, and then Crazy Faith. Here is Holy has a very special place in my heart. I actually was just talking about Here is Holy and how I felt like it is a great starter point to bring people to the gospel because it lets people know no matter what you no matter where you are in this life, no matter what you're addicted to, no matter what you feel like you you lack in, no matter what you're struggling with, you are still meant for kingdom. And I actually was just watching another sermon I think it was called y'all my camera just turned off right as I started talking about sermons and and Christian-based podcasts my camera turned off well I ran out of storage on my sim so I had to switch my sim out either way the devil will be working hard anyway I was about to tell y'all about some of the preachers that I really like you know I couldn't I can't I can't listen to every preacher not everybody gets through to me. Like sometimes I feel like if you talk in too many metaphors or if you go around in too many circles, you're losing me. I'm falling asleep. I'm getting upset because I no longer understand. Like I told y'all, I'm a very practical person. So you need to give me the word, give me the scripture, tell me how it attaches to my life and I'll move on. I'm a happy girl, you know? So I really like Transformation Church because they put it in a very practical form. I don't watch Transformation Church as much anymore, but I love when Charles Metcalf preaches. I love Charles. I love him. He's so himself. He's so genuine to his ministry he's so genuine to himself he dresses the way he wants to he comes on stage and he gives his authentic self you know he isn't afraid to be vulnerable on stage to make himself laugh you know to give hard truths about himself and that's something that I can appreciate when you can be vulnerable on stage to a group of people and then apply it to the gospel make yourself relatable I love that so I still watch Charles and recently I watched Recently, they did a series called Holy Rebellion. And so he led that series. He preached all of the sermons. And I recently watched I Refuse to Be Alone, which talked about community and how, you know, mankind is not supposed to be alone. And I really enjoyed that because community has been my word lately. You know, I've been searching for my community. I've been solidifying my community. I have been paying more attention to my friendships and, you know, the routine of my friendships, how I talk to them, how they talk to me, what our conversations are about. Do I feel like they're pouring into me? And I have been just paying more attention to those things. But I've been trying not to isolate myself. I've been trying not to pull away from certain relationships so quickly. So 
him making a sermon about community was like right up my alley. And as a person who has a tendency to isolate, the title being I Refuse to Be Alone was just really, really affirming. So I recently watched that sermon and it was really good. What else have I watched? Lately, I've been watching a bit of Robert Mandu. I hope I'm Robert Madu. I hope I'm saying his last name right, but he's an amazing preacher. He is a very dramatic preacher, but that's something that I can appreciate. You know, once again, making yourself relatable, you know, making sure I'm tuned into the word and then using it in a practical sense right up my alley. He did a sermon called I Didn't Know I Fell Asleep, which was about a man who fell asleep during one of Paul's sermons. Like he was doing an overnight sermon. The man fell asleep, died. Like, fell out the window, died, then was resurrected, and he was fine. Um, so he did a sermon about that, and then he did a sermon about, and then he did a sermon called It Happens in the Middle. Those are the two that I've watched. It Happens in the Middle was really good because I'm a person who feel like, I'm a person who feels like I've come a long way in my faith and in my ability for God to use me and then for God to speak through me because... You know, I I just used to be really hard-headed. I was talking to my friends about that. I just used to be really, really hard-headed when it came to scripture, when it came to God's word. And so, you know, if you want to be used, you got to learn how to listen. And yeah, I feel like I've come a long way with learning how to listen. But then I feel like I still have a long way to go with, you know, where I feel like God has taken me. And so that was a really good sermon. You know, I'm in that middle area, that middle seat, as he called it in his sermon. So if any of those sound appealing, please go check them out. Those are wonderful sermons to be listening to. Who else do I listen to? I watched 30 Minutes with the Perrys. We talked about that already. I watched Tim Ross preach. So Tim Ross used to be a preacher. He used to preach at his own church. And now he mainly does the podcast, but then he'll still go to other churches and preach if he's called. And I've been listening to his sermons and his sermons or him talking is always a reality check. Like, he did a sermon called Fix Your Thoughts. He did a sermon called I Am a Work in Progress. And those are just always affirming and confirming because they're like reality checks. Like, whatever you were thinking in your head, stop. 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 Because here's your reality. Here's your reality. Here's where you are. Here's where God is taking you and where you need to be. Like, of course, everybody's going through their own journey, so he's not explicitly telling you this is where you are and where God needs you to be. But it's like, don't be so stressed about where you are and where you think you need to be because you are right where you need to be. So he is always an affirming word, a confirming word. And that's one thing that I love about Tim Ross. So, yeah, I really love watching sermons. I really love listening to faith-based podcasts. When I'm in the gym, I'm listening to a podcast. When I'm driving, I'm usually listening to a podcast. It's another podcast I wish I could remember their name, but it's literally just sermons, sermons in podcast form, sermons in podcast form. I wish I could remember their name, 
But anyway, yeah, I love watching sermons. I love listening to podcasts. I like to watch sermons like before I go to sleep or when I feel like I just have a moment to relax. Sometimes when I'm editing podcasts, like I'll listen to a sermon, but then I love a podcast because it feels like a conversation. You know, we're, we're talking candidly. Like I feel like I receive a word, but of course there's laughter in that. There's storytelling in that. Like it's just, it's more of a conversation. Okay. I didn't expect that to, I didn't expect to talk about sermons and podcasts for so long. So my last thing that fills my cup or has filled my cup recently is reading. So since graduating, I've had a lot more time on my hands, which I'm so grateful for. It has allowed me to rest. Have I always taken that as an opportunity to actually rest? No, because I'm a busybody. I'm a busybody. I'm a workaholic. And... I just can't help myself sometimes, but to work. Like sometimes if I sit for too long, I feel like I have to do something, which is not a great thing. It's something that I'm working out of and it's something that I've come a long way from. But if that's something you struggle with too, you're not alone. You're not alone, but it's okay. We'll be delivered. <laughs> we'll be delivered. But I love to read. Um, I've had a lot more time on my hands and I used to love to read when I was younger. But of course, once I got a phone, oh, it was wraps. It was over with. Like I might read a book on my phone, but that's really not my jam. That's not my groove. I don't, I don't enjoy scrolling. I enjoy flipping pages. Um, and so in the last couple of years, I've really been trying to push myself to read. Like I think last year I read six books and I was so, so proud of myself for reading six books because, you know, to go from reading all the time to not reading at all to reading six books was really big to me. So lately I've been reading, actually, recently I finished, hold on. So recently I finished Yesterday I Cried by Ayanna Banzan. I finished it. I usually, now that I'm back with my mom, we go to the spa. I love the spa. I should have put that on what fills my cup the spa I love the spa it's just so quiet it smells so good I don't know I just love it if you've never been to the spa you should go treat yourself love yourself let the other people rub your back you know what I mean let them rub your back um and so I always take a book with me to the spa because usually for whatever reason by the time I go to the spa I'm almost finished with whatever book I'm reading like when I read The Alchemist I was almost finished with The Alchemist and I took it to the spa and I finished it. Yesterday I cried, took it, to, took it to the spa, finished it. It's just something about that space, that uninterrupted, quiet, um, aromatic space that makes me want to finish the book. <laughs> so I recently finished Yesterday I Cried by Alan Vincent. And that book was so good. Like I keep, I as much as I talk about Tim Ross, I talk about that book. I feel like that is a book that you just got to buy for people. Like, you just got to be like, you know what, you, you got childhood trauma. You, you need to heal your inner child. Here's a book. This book is perfect for that. Go ahead and read it and tell me how you're healed. I felt like that book did a lot for me in forgiving myself for bringing awareness to how I was still guarded in a lot of aspects of my life because of the things that I went through because of my distrust in people and the routines that I would put myself in that not only created a cycle of insanity because I would be trying new things with the same 
procedure or the same routine, but it also hindered me from trusting God. Like I, for a long time, felt like I cannot trust man. How can I trust God? Why should I even do that when I can trust myself? Like I used to have really, really bad trust issues. And that book really is I, that book is Ayanna Von Zandt getting to the root of her own issues. And of course, for me, Hearing somebody else's story is so empowering. Hearing somebody else's breakthrough is so empowering. And I love to learn about people's lives. And so with her talking about and dissecting and discussing all of the things that she had been through growing up that one got her to where she is today for better or for worse was empowering to me because I got to look at my own life and see, you know, there were things that I've been through. There were things that I've gone through in this life. How do they affect my decisions now? How does what I'm doing now, what part of what I'm doing now comes from my unhealed inner child? And how can I make sure that she's okay? How can I soothe whatever her needs are so that I can really stop self-sabotaging? Because that's all it was. It was like working yourself out of self-sabotaging. So I've been reading, so I just finished that book. Yesterday I cried. If you're watching this, if you're watching What School Didn't Teach Me Today, I'm sure you've been through something. You should read that book. Like, I don't even say it on some snarky anything. Read the book. Just read it. Like, read the book. The book has changed me for the better. I feel like I have developed so much and forced myself to grow up is not the word. But forced myself to forgive myself. Like, that's really all it is. There were things that I was holding on to, certain guilt, certain shame. And it affected the way that I process information. It affected the way that I responded to other people when they tried to do things for me or tell me certain things or critique me on certain things. You know, it affected my amount of faith and where I knew God was there for me, like, And reading the book really helped me identify certain moments where I knew God was there or where I knew people were just trying to love me and I was having trouble with that. Like, read the book, y'all. Read the book. Now I'm reading. What am I reading now? What am I reading now? Now I'm reading How to Not Drown in a Glass of Water. That book is good. I thought that book was a biography. But it turns out it's about a fictional character named Cara Romano, Romero. Um, Cara Romero, it's about a woman from the Dominican Republic. It's set in 2007 where the, I don't know if it was a market crisis or a housing crisis, but I remember 2007 and I remember it being a crazy, a crazy time. Everybody was losing their jobs. So I can't remember if it was a market crisis or a job crisis, but I'm going to assume that it was a market crisis sue me you know what I mean sue me I'm sorry I don't know but but it was set in 2007 um and so this woman Carl Romero she's from the Dominican Republic she is in some type of program that a where a social worker helps her find another job and she's telling her life story instead of answering the questions or doing the activities that will help her get another job. And it's so interesting because it's so interesting because she is telling a story that a lot of women of color or mothers of color can relate to. 
She has a son that doesn't speak to her because she feels like she loved him too hard. She feels like she has certain talents that she never gets credit for. She is overworked and underpaid and underappreciated. And through it all, it's like she still has this spunk about her. She still has spunk and charisma. But she comes in every day to every session with something to say to the social worker as if this were a therapy session. And I think that's interesting because I think it's just like she just wants to be heard. She wants her story to be told. She wants somebody to understand her. Like she wants to be heard. She wants to be seen. And I think that's so interesting. I'm I'm not even halfway through the book yet. Um, I think I'm on session six, which might be chapter six. So I'm not even halfway through the book yet, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And so taking the time to stop and put reading into my day to, you know, I don't want to say turn my brain off because I don't feel like I turn my brain off when I read. I actually feel like reading puts me wherever the book is. Like I feel like a good book literally transports you into whatever perspective the writer is writing from so like when I'm reading this book I feel like I am watching her you know of course as a third person but watching her live this life where she cleans people's floors every day where she goes and tries to see if her son is going to talk to her today you know where she is a therapist for other people like I'm sitting on the sideline and I'm watching all of this happen it's a great book it's a great book. I honestly need to pick the book back up because I haven't read it in about a week. Um, but when I'm not reading that, I'm trying to read the Bible. Like I'm starting in Genesis and I'm really trying to work my way through. Y'all wish me luck. So far I'm enjoying it. You know, I, I just started I just started back like actually trying to read it from the beginning. So now I'm reading about Noah. So I'm but and I'm enjoying that. Um but of course I've got a long way to go till I hit revelation. So wish me luck. But yeah, those are the those are the three things that I've done lately or that I've adopted or readopted that I really feel like fill my cup. And I hope in hearing those things, you go out and you find some own things that you feel like really intrigue you or spark your interest or fill your cup or help you de-stress or whatever you feel like you need to do to make yourself feel more alive this life in this life we can get so caught up in like work and school and the things that we have to do that we don't stop and smell the roses stop and touch some grass and you know our phone is a great thing you know our our phone is a great accessible thing you know it's so easy to hit up instagram scroll on instagram hit up twitter or x scroll on twitter you know to watch things or look at things that may not be fulfilling to us but i want to encourage you or challenge you to find something new find something new that will fill your cup this week yeah so wherever you're tuning in from youtube spotify apple music amazon music wherever you're tuning in from i'm glad you tuned in today and i hope you really got something from my three things that fill my cup. And I'll see you next week.